Chapter 11. Thwarting Temptation Insights into the Methods and Mysteries of Satan's Temptations The hazards and dangers of Christians in times of persecution arise not so much from their sufferings as from the temptations that always are present in and planted by Satan in their sufferings. For the most part, sufferings and temptations go together. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 37. Therefore, it is advisable that those who are in or expect to be called to sufferings dive into the mysteries of temptations and be well acquainted with the enemy's designs on them. Paul was, and he supposes all others who engage in the same cause to be as well. We are not ignorant of his devices. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11. Knowing the methods of temptation contributes a great advantage to suffering saints. First, those who are well acquainted with the methods of temptation will be better able to detect the first approaches and beginnings of it, and a temptation discovered is more than half conquered. It is a special trick of Satan to shuffle in his temptations as indiscernibly as possible into the soul, for he knows that in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 17. Therefore, he ordinarily makes a suffering season to be a tempting season, because suffering, like fire, makes iron able to be formed and used, usually puts the soul into turmoil and distraction, and so gives him an advantage to tempt the soul with less suspicion and greater success. But skillful Christians who are acquainted with Satan's wiles will discern when they begin to enter into temptation, as Christ expresses it in Luke chapter 22, verse 46, and to be able to stop the temptation when it first arises, when it is weakest and most easily broken. Undoubtedly, one reason why so many fall by temptation is that it has taken hold within them and has prevailed far before it is discovered to be a temptation. Second, those who are well acquainted with Satan's methods of tempting will not only discern it sooner than others, but will also know their work and duty and how to manage the conflict with it, which is a great matter. There are many poor souls that labor under strong temptations and do not know what to do. They go up and down complaining from Christian to Christian, while judicious Christians besiege the throne of grace with strong cries, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8, keep their watch, Luke 22, verse 46, and countermine the temptation, assaulting it by mortifying the corruption that Satan assaults by temptation, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 27. Last, to name no more, those who are best acquainted with the mystery of temptation and can maintain their ground against it will be enduring Christians under persecution and victorious Christians over it. This is the main design of Satan in raising persecution against the saints. It is not so much their blood that he thirsts after as it is their fall by temptation, and all persecutions are designed by him to introduce his temptations. These work on our fear, and fear drives us into his trains and snares. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 25. The devil's work in raising persecution is as the fowler's work in beating the bush at night after he has spread a net. He frightens the birds out of their hiding places to catch them in the net. Those who understand that are not easily moved by even the strongest opposition from their place and duty, and so are likely to prove the most constant and invincible Christians in times of persecution. 
Since all persecutions are intended as means to promote temptation, how necessary it is to have skill and insight into these designs of Satan that so advantages you to frustrate his designs in both. How necessary it is that you should be taught where the strength of temptation lies and how to resist those strong and dangerous temptations that your sufferings are intended to usher in and make way for. In this chapter, then, it will not be untimely or inappropriate to show you where the force and efficacy of temptation lie and what you are to do when such temptation assaults you in your suffering hour. You may ask, in what does the efficacy and power of temptation lie? I answer that it lies principally in three things. 1. The efficacy and power of temptation lie in the kind and nature of the temptation itself. For it is most certain that all temptations are not equally forcible and dangerous. Some, like these that follow, are usually more successful than others. 1. Strange and unusual temptations are usually successful. I do not mean those that no one has ever been troubled with before, for there is not a dart in Satan's quiver that has not been flung at the breasts of other saints before it was leveled at ours. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13. By strange and unusual, I mean those that the people of God are rarely troubled with and possibly were never vexed with before. These are more dangerous because they daunt and bewilder the soul and ordinarily produce despondency even as some strange disease would do that, we do not know what to make of, nor can we learn about from the sickness of others. 2. Temptations that are adapted and suited to your own sin or evil disposition are another kind of dangerous temptation. It is the most dangerous crisis of temptation when it tries you there. If you are not truly changed by grace, you will fall irrecoverably by the root. Luke chapter 22 verses 5 through 6. Or if your faith is sincere, without special assistance and extraordinary vigilance, you will fall scandalously. Compare David in 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 12 with him again in 2 Samuel chapter 11 verse 2. 3. A temptation is most dangerous when it is a spiritual temptation that rises indiscernibly out of your Christian duties. These are least suspected because temptations usually come from the strength and liveliness of our corruptions, but these come from the slaughter and conquests we make of them. Duties and the expansions of them, which are the poison of other lusts, prove the food and fuel of this temptation. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 7 through 8. The more covert and close any temptation is, the more dangerous it is. 2. The strength and efficacy of temptation lie also in the craft and strategy of Satan in managing the temptation. This is why his strategies are called wiles, methods, and devices. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11. And Satan himself is called an old serpent. Revelation chapter 12 verse 9. Among the rest of his deep and desperate tricks, these are remarkable. 1. To manage his temptations, Satan employs those who are least suspected and who have the greatest influence. He used a teacher, Galatians chapter 2 verse 14, a wife, Genesis chapter 3 verse 6, Job chapter 2 verse 9, and friends, Acts chapter 21 verse 13. The devil knows it is a bad business and so must make the best of it. Paul's sorest trial was by his dearest friends. 
2. Satan orderly arranges his temptations beginning with little things first, then by degrees working over to greater. His first motions are commonly most modest, Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. If he revealed the depth of his design at first, it would startle the soul and make it reply as Hazael, Is thy servant a dog that he should do this great thing? 2 Kings chapter 8 verse 13. It is far easier for Satan to gain what he wants by parts than by pushing for it all at once. 3. Satan attempts to engage the soul on his own ground. He tries to tempt you from your station and duty where God set and expects to find you. Satan knows that while you are with God, God is with you. 2 Chronicles chapter 15 verse 2. While you abide in the place you were placed, you abide with God. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 24. While you are there, the promise is a good defense to keep off all his darts. As fishermen spread their nets in the river and then beat the fishes out of their hiding spots and caverns, so does Satan. 4. Satan does not present the temptation until the soul is prepared to receive it. He loves to strike when the iron is hot. He lets their troubles come to a height. He brings them to the prison, the gallows, or fire, and then offers them deliverance. Hebrews chapter 11 verses 35 through 37. 5. Satan tires our souls with a prolonged continuation of temptations. What he cannot win by a sudden storm, he hopes to gain by a tedious siege. Forty days he assaulted the captain of our salvation. Mark chapter 1 verse 13. It truly is a wonder when the soul that has been tried long does not yield at last. Scripture. The rod of the wicked shall not rest upon the lot of the righteous, lest the righteous put forth their hands unto iniquity. Psalm 125 verse 3. 6. Satan falls most violently on them when they are at the lowest and most prostrate in their spirits and comforts. This is how he assaulted Job with the temptation to curse God and die when he sat in that deplorable state on the dunghill. Job chapter 2 verses 8 through 9. Satan loves to fall on us, as Simeon and Levi did on the Shechemites. Genesis chapter 34 verse 25. When we are sore and wounded, so you will ordinarily find times of divine desertions to be times of diabolical temptations. As the wild beasts of the desert come out of their dens at night and then roar after their prey, Psalm 104 verse 20, so does Satan when the soul seems to be overtaken and lost in the darkness of spiritual troubles. 3. Last, the strength and efficacy of Satan's temptations lie in the secret correspondence Satan holds with our closely held enemies, our evil desires and depravities. Were it not for these domestic traitors, he could not surprise us so easily. Satan could do nothing in Christ because he found nothing to fasten a temptation on. He was like a crystal glass filled with pure fountain water. Even if he should have been exceptionally agitated and shaken by temptation, no filthy sediment could appear. But now we have an enemy within that holds intelligence with Satan without, and this would prove a devil to us even if there were no other devil to tempt us. James chapter 1 verses 14 through 15. It is a fountain of temptation in itself, Matthew chapter 15 verse 19, and the chief instrument by which Satan does all his tempting work, 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 4. 
Our many passions and affections are the handles of his temptations. Everything, says Epictetus, has two handles to take it by. Our affections are the handles of our souls. The temptation of self-confidence and pride takes hold of a daring and forward disposition. The temptation of apostasy snares a timid disposition, and so on. These inbred lusts go over to the enemy in the day of battle and fight against the soul. 1 Peter 2, verse 11. This is a more dangerous enemy than the devil. It is true they both work against us, but with a double difference. Satan works externally and objectively, but lust works internally and physically, as it is capable of affecting us physically. Scripture Sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. Romans chapter 7, verse 8. Yes, it is a subtle enemy that does his business shrewdly. Sin deceived me. Romans chapter 7, verse 11. It betrays with a kiss, strangles with a silk rope. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. Satan's agents are sitting at the council table in our own hearts, and there, effectively carrying out his designs. Satan is a restless and perpetual enemy. There is no ridding your hands of him. He is sometimes put to flight by resistance, James chapter 4, verse 7, and he sometimes ceases his temptations, Luke chapter 4, verse 13. But even when Satan ceases to tempt and inject, our evil desires continue to irritate and tempt. Where we are, this temptation will be. It is our sad lot to be tied to it and perpetually assaulted by it, Romans chapter 7, verse 24. We may say of it, as Hannibal said of Marcellus, that it is never quiet, whether a conqueror or conquered. It is a potent enemy, too. It hauls us away to the commission of sin, James chapter 1, verse 14. It seizes the storehouse of the soul, and it delivers up the arms, I mean the members, to be weapons of unrighteousness, Romans chapter 6, verse 13. Now you see in what the efficacy and power of temptation consist, and you who are, or who expect to be, sufferers for Christ, need to be greatly concerned that you are acquainted with these things and know where the strength of your enemy lies. But how can suffering saints manage themselves in a suffering hour so as not to be captured by temptations? This brings me to the second thing I promised, that is, to prescribe some rules for the escaping or conquering of those temptations that are incidental to a suffering state. Rule 1 work to cut off the advantages of temptations before they come. It is our inordinate love of life, estate, liberty, and ease that gives the temptations so much strength over us. Do not overvalue them, and you will more easily part with them. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. O mortify the love of self and the love of the world. Let your heart be loosened and weaned from them, and the temptation will lose its strength. Rule 2. Secure for yourselves an interest in the heavenly glory. Once you clearly see your property in the kingdom above, you will set lighter and lower all things on earth. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 34 is a full, significant, and relevant text. Scripture, For ye had compassion of me in my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. 
it is our darkness and uncertainty about interests in glory that make us cling so fast to these below. Rule 3. It is better for you to fall into any suffering than to fall into the least sin. Settle this principle so firmly in your heart that you will never depart from it. Hebrews chapter 11 verses 24 through 25. All will acknowledge this, but how few practice it. Oh that you would accept, understand and use it. Suffering is a particular external and temporal evil, but sin is a universal, internal and everlasting evil. Rule 4. Believe that God has cursed and blasted all the ways of sin so that they will never be a shelter to any soul that flies to them for refuge. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 15, Mark chapter 8 verse 35. The way of transgressors is a hard and difficult way. There is no security in the way of iniquity. Those who run from suffering to sin run from the seeming to the real danger, from the painted to the living lion. Rule 5. Live up to the principle that says there is no better policy than sincerity and godly simplicity. This will preserve and secure you when carnal wisdom will expose and betray you. Job chapter 2 verse 3, Psalm chapter 25 verse 2. Sinful practice never thrives with saints. Rule 6. Consider with sorrow what the consequence of yielding up yourselves to temptations will be. The name of God will be dreadfully reproached. 2 Samuel chapter 12 verse 14. A fatal stumbling block will be laid before the blind world. 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 36. The hearts of many upright ones will be made sad. Psalm 25 verse 3. The fall of one who professes Christ is as when a standard-bearer faints, and it will be a dreadful wound to your own conscience. Matthew chapter 25 verse 46. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 7. One hour sleep of security may keep you many days and nights waking on the rack of horror. Rule 7. Never engage a temptation in your own strength. Go out against it trembling in yourselves and relying on divine aids and assistance. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. What? Are you to grapple with spirits? To accept the challenge of principalities and powers? Or what is your strength that you should hope? Rule 8. Let the days of your temptation be days of mighty cries and supplications. That is what Paul did. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 8. Your best posture to wrestle with temptation is on your knees. Psalm 109 verse 4. Rule 9. Consider long those choice encouragements God has laid up in the world for such a time. Though he gave Satan permission to tempt you, he still holds you in his hand to preserve you. Deuteronomy chapter 33 verse 3, John chapter 10 verse 28. While Satan is sifting and trying you on earth, Christ is interceding for you in heaven. Luke chapter 22 verses 31 through 32. And an eternal reward is laid up for those who overcome. Luke chapter 22 verses 28 through 29, Revelation chapter 21 verses 7 through 8. Here is this reward won or lost. Rule 10. Last, be content until God opens a door out of your temptations. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13. The time of the promise will come. Acts chapter 7 verse 17. Wait for it. 
though it tarries and seems to be delayed. In the end it will speak and not lie. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3. There was a secret door in the ark, though it could not be seen while the waters prevailed, and there is also one in all your temptations, though at present it may not be discernible to you. With this, I have brought you one step closer to Paul's blessed state. O oh, diligently make yourselves ready for suffering.